0: This morning's reading from the Gospel of Luke spends most of its time talking to us about a man named Simeon. It begins talking about Simeon, letting us know that he was a man that was righteous and devout, who was looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and that the Holy Spirit rested on him. There's some important things to notice in his description. First, that he's a man. There's nothing uh, special, particularly about Simeon. Um, It's important to notice that he's not a priest or a prophet. He's not described in any other way like that. Just a man. That he's righteous and he's devout. And righteous simply means right acting. Um, He does the right thing. And he's devout. He prays. He goes to temple when he's supposed to go to temple. But again, there's not necessarily anything unusual about that in that particular time. He's also looking forward to the consolation of Israel, um, or the comforting of Israel, or the salvation of Israel. And so here he has this expectation that something is going to happen in the future, In his time, Israel was an occupied territory by the Roman Empire, and people like him were looking forward and hoping for a time when they would be free, where they would be governing themselves, and uh, and that's what he was looking forward to and hoping for, that God was going to raise someone up to deliver them out of their their oppression. Um, You notice as well that He's not necessarily focused on this just for himself, but he has this sort of other focus as well. So he's not, just, he's not just looking forward to his own self-interest, but he's looking forward to the salvation of his country, his nation, and his people. Um, he's hoping for that for God's people, and uh, he is hoping that he's going to see that salvation or the sign of that salvation uh, before he dies. Um, so the implication, it never really tells us for sure how old Simeon is, but the implication is that he's, he's getting on in years, and uh, he, he might be thinking about uh, his own mortality and his own death, um, thinking that he wants to see uh, this salvation before he dies. And so we find out in the next verse that it has been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And Messiah just means anointed. This is the one who God was going to raise up, who would, in fact, be the one who would save his people. Now, God, through the Holy Spirit, seems to be preparing Simeon for something. For whatever reason, God has revealed to Simeon that he's not going to see death before he sees the Lord's Messiah. And for whatever reason, Simeon believes this, believes that he's had this experience, believes the Holy Spirit. So Simeon also has faith. Now, prior to seeing the baby Jesus, I wonder how Simeon might have known what to look for in this Messiah. Because most of the uh, implications of who the Messiah might be was actually about somebody who was going to come to establish a kingdom. Someone who might come with military might was the, the common belief at that time. And so I wonder if he was actually on the lookout for different things than a little baby being brought into the temple, um, some evidence of Messiah-like things. And, you know, even if he interpreted all of the messianic prophecies that had come before, um, uh, even things like salvation from sins and not just salvation from Roman oppression, I'm not sure he would have known to look for this little baby coming into the temple that day. And yet in verse 27 of our reading, we have him guided. It says, guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. Again, he's not a priest. He doesn't have to be there. There's no festival going on. The Spirit told him to go into the temple, and he went. God told him to do something, and he simply did what God asked him to do. We don't know how this happened. We don't know how the Spirit told him to go. He was simply guided by the Spirit, and this is one of those things that is a lot of the times out of our experience. When do we ever sort of have the Spirit guide us to go somewhere or to do something? It's sort of an odd kind of thing. And yet Simeon believed that he'd been guided by the Spirit to go to the temple that day for some reason. Did he know why? I don't think he necessarily knew why at that point. He was just like, "Ah, I feel like I've got to go to the temple today. And so off he went. And I wonder as well, like how many other times might have Uh, Simeon felt like, I feel like I have to go to the temple today. God's telling me to go to the temple, and absolutely nothing happened that day. And yet this day, something did happen. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary on the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. He praised God. God had prepared Simeon for that moment in such a way that when he saw this baby, he somehow knew that he was the Messiah. Now, think how different this is than the early part of the Christmas story, the one we're much more familiar with. Think how different this is than the shepherds abiding in the fields where the angels appear to them, and it's, it's painfully obvious to them that something is going on, that God is doing something, and they tell them exactly what to do, exactly what to look for, and where to go. So they say, you've got to go to Bethlehem. You'll find a baby there that's wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. There's all kinds of things to look for. And Bethlehem, back then, was, was tiny. It was this little tiny place. And so, I mean, it's pretty unlikely that any other baby was born in Bethlehem at that time. It would not be hard to find the newborn baby in Bethlehem. Everyone probably would have known. And so the shepherds simply go, and they just follow the instructions from the angels. They find Jesus, and they tell their story, which is, of course, an amazing story. But Simeon's story is so different from that. People were everywhere in the temple Jerusalem was the largest city for miles around. And there's always babies coming and being brought into the temple. This was big city Jerusalem. Every firstborn son in all of Israel was supposed to be brought there for dedication. It's unlikely that that actually did happen. But at least the people in Jerusalem and the people in the surrounding areas, like Bethlehem is close by, they would have brought their babies for dedication in the temple. They would have been everywhere. But somehow, Simeon just knew that this baby was different. It's not at all like the shepherds. God didn't say to Simeon, okay, well, look for the baby who's wrapped you know, in a blue cloth or something like that, and the mother looks like this, and the husband uh, looks like that. God prepared Simeon in a different kind of way. God prompted him to go into the temple, and when he saw them, he just knew even though most of what he would think of about a Messiah would actually have nothing to do with a baby, most of what he would be thinking about would be about an adult ruler, a king, a military leader of some kind. That's probably what he'd be thinking about with a Messiah. And yet when he saw this baby, he knew he's the Messiah. And so Simeon goes over and he takes baby Jesus in his arms. Now, think about this for a minute. Simeon's not a priest. He has no official capacity whatsoever at the church that they're going to. Like, we have a baptism today, right? And so you could just imagine, you know, one of the the men in the church who has no idea who this family is, just coming over and grabbing the baby from you. Like, that's kind of weird, isn't it? But that's what's going on. Here's this older man who they're not bringing the baby to Simeon to be dedicated. He's just a guy in the temple. He comes over, grabs this baby from them, and starts giving God all praise and glory. That's a bizarre thing to do. Except that maybe Mary and Joseph are are starting to get a little bit used to this. Because on the night that their little baby was born, A bunch of other strange men showed up and tell this story about angels. And they had had angels visit them and tell them about who their son would be. Now another stranger comes and takes their baby and holds their baby and sings praise to God. So it, it's strange to imagine maybe what you would be like as parents. Suddenly this man comes and takes your baby. But maybe not so strange for them. Now imagine that you're Simeon, though. Because what if, you're, what if you're wrong? Like, it all works out because he actually is the Messiah, and the parents know that, and they've had these other experiences. But Simeon doesn't know any of that. What if you're wrong? Here's this nice family bringing their son to the temple, and you feel kind of within you, that God is telling you, he, he, that's the Messiah. You need to go over there and take that baby in your arms and praise God, because you believe. You believe that God has revealed to you that this baby is the Messiah. That's a little risky and sounds a little crazy. I mean, we, we think that would be crazy today, and we sort of think, well, that's in the Bible, and Bi-, like that always happens in the Bible. Like That's normal. for the, It's not. I mean, that's why it made the Bible, because it's unusual. People didn't do that. It's a little risky. You know, even if you are right that he is the Messiah, won't these parents and all of the others around you who hear you start to praise God, won't they think you're absolutely crazy if you do that? I think most of us, even if we sort of had that feeling within us, I think that's the kind of thing we would keep to ourselves. And I logically think about this and think, well, even if I thought that or believed that, what difference is it going to make for me to do anything or say anything? If I was in Simeon's shoes, I would just kind of think, well, yeah, I kind of feel like that's what I'm supposed to do, but what difference does that make anyway? People are just going to think I'm crazy. I would just sort of quietly believe or hope that the baby over there was the Messiah. And I'd think, well, I'm either crazy or I'm wrong. And and if I'm not either of those things, then sure, this is really cool. I've got this little secret. And I think we all think that way of thinking is fine. But the thing is, it wouldn't be faithful. Simeon is faithful. God is preparing him for this moment of recognition. And God is using Simeon for something greater than him having his own little private moment of, wow, that's really cool. I got to live to see the one who will save everyone. God is using Simeon in a bigger way than Simeon is even aware. And God does that with us too. Just look at some of the major ways that Simeon is used. The first one is that God is going to use him to confirm again to Mary and Joseph who their son is. Right? They both got the personal angel visits. Then on the night Jesus was born, they got the shepherds. And now they've got Simeon. That's a pretty big deal for those parents to keep getting that confirmed for them, who their son is. The second one is that God is going to use Simeon to provide testimony about the identity of Jesus for generations to come, and even to us. Right. So this, what actually happened that day, it gets recorded in the Gospel of Luke, and that gets put into the Bible. And what Simeon, just a pretty regular righteous and devout man, What he does because he believed the Holy Spirit was revealing something to him personally, what he does in faith, it makes it into the Bible and enables future generations to see that there were multiple sources pointing to who Jesus really is. I mean, that's a pretty big thing that God used Simeon for. Did Simeon have any idea that that's what was going to happen? Absolutely not. He didn't even know there was going to be a New Testament. God is also, the third way, God is also going to use Simeon as a prophet in a bigger way than even just being in the Bible, to speak God's word to God's people. And this is just far bigger than what Simeon in that moment could have ever envisioned. The words that he says in verses 29 to 32 have a traditional Latin name. It's the nunc dimittis, which just means now dismiss. And this Latin text ended up being used as the traditional gospel canticle of the service of night prayer, which is totally meaningless to most of us. But in the medieval church, these words were sung every day in the last worship service of the day. And these words are still used. In the same way, today, in monasteries, in many traditional Roman Catholic churches, Anglican churches, Lutheran churches, these words are sung or said. And the nunc dimittis has been set to different music many, many times to be used in these night services, but then also in concerts and in recordings. I mean, Could Simeon have had any idea that his words of praise would be used in this way. What if Simeon had just looked at Jesus from a distance? What if Simeon had thought, a baby? I thought I was going to see the Messiah. But no, Simeon praised God with these beautiful words that the Spirit has been preparing within him for that moment. And when Mary and Joseph heard him, they were amazed at what was being said about their son. And they were amazed because... They had had their angel visits, they had had their shepherd visits, and now God was confirming for them again that this little Jesus being dedicated in the temple, as any other son would be, was in fact God's son, was in fact the source of salvation. See, Simeon's impact is actually quite huge, even though many of us who came here today might have never really thought too much about Simeon. And what I think is really amazing about his story is that God had a plan to use Simeon this way, but Simeon likely had no idea. He was simply open to being prepared by God, and when the Holy Spirit prompted him to take a step out and do something, he did it. Go over and take a child in your arms and give praise. All Simeon did in the end was believe in what God had told him and then offer praise to God. He worshipped God and his worship of God had these incredible reverberations even throughout history. He didn't know Luke was going to write about it. He didn't know the New Testament would be put together. He didn't know the church would incorporate his few sentences of worship into their nightly prayers and praise to God. He didn't know that musicians would write beautiful music for his words to be set to. He didn't know generations would see him as a primary witness to the Son of God coming into the world. What did he think in that moment? I think all he thought was that God was blessing him by letting him live long enough to see Jesus. He felt privileged and thankful And he just let that spill over because the Holy Spirit had prompted him and God had prepared him. I think it's important to remember as well that Simeon did this as an older man near to the end of his life. And we know nothing about him before this time. And yet this is the moment of significance for him. We hear about a prophet who's named as a prophet who was Anna as well. And we do know how old she was. She was 84 years old. And we know nothing about her prior to that time, yet her moment of significance was telling everyone that she met that she's seen Jesus. Look who God uses. It is never too late It's never too early either for God to use you. If Simeon and Anna are in some way going to be examples for us, well, what do we do? And I think then the question is, how are you letting God prepare you? And for me, the key is in the very description of Simeon's character. He's righteous. So are you trying to live rightly? He's devout. So he's committed to prayer. He reads his scripture. He attends his, uh, to his religious life and spiritual life. And the third thing that's mentioned about him is that he has a sense of expectation, right? He is hopeful that God is going to do something. So how are you letting God prepare you? I think if we can be those three things, then God will prepare us for what God is going to do in us or through us. Those three things, righteous, righteousness, righteous living, right living, devotion to God, and a sense of expectation that God is going to do something, are what make you aware of the presence of God by the Holy Spirit. This is when God is preparing you. But the real trick is that God is likely preparing you for something. And that always involves some sort of faith or risk. It doesn't seem like Simeon's taking a huge risk, but he is. He's risking embarrassment or or ridicule. And I think God asks us to take those steps when we're prepared. To take action for him, even in the face of risk, and that requires faith. when we are prepared, we will start to hear some of those Holy Spirit's promptings to take those steps, to take that risk. So please ask yourself today, how am I letting God prepare me? How am I open to the preparation of the Holy Spirit for his work to be done in me and through me? Amen.